0: Welcome back to Casey's Freak Show Podcast. We're doing two stripper episodes in a row because I love strippers more than a 40-year-old basement dweller. I'm a creep. Uh, Joining me today is Dixie, aka Josie Johnson, a self-described nerd and hedonist. Dixie is also a gamer, retired stripper, wife, and cam model. When we did work together at the club, Dixie was one of the few girls who was a mind-blowing stage performer as well as a floor hustler. Being so wildly multifaceted, she's perfect for the freak show, I think. So, welcome. I haven't seen you in, like, a hot minute. Aw, shucks. Thank you How for is... the glowing
1: introduction. Yeah,
0: I'm just like, I think you're so, like, interesting. <laughs> I think all the girls i met at the strip club are so interesting.
1: <laughs> I definitely agree. Definitely. Because
0: I before I worked in a strip club, all I would hear is negative things about strippers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, like, media portrays us as just... One tone, like idiotic. One dimensional, sad. one
1: stereotype,
0: one ideal. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was blown away to find out like all of my coworkers had all of these different hustles, goals, talents, and you have a lot of different things going on. Um, what What's going on in your life lately? I haven't seen you before. <laughs> you
1: know, like, I <laughs> catch know. me up. Bixi. I went from dancing, where I'd work, you know, three to four nights a week for four to six hours. And now I work 45 hours a week and oh my God. spend like, What's that like two hours What's to three like? hours on the road every day because commuting in L.A. sucks. Uh, it is, it's a trip. <laughs> I mean, it's, on the one hand, like, I have health insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have to, like, fight with someone to give it to me and I'm not paying a crazy obscene amount for it. And it's actually good health insurance all of a sudden. That's amazing. Uh, my paycheck shows up every week, regardless of whether I had a bad day or a good day.
0: Yeah, I guess that the consistency, that would be such a shocker to yeah. me to experience. It's,
1: it's a huge change of pace. But at the same time, like it takes me 45 hours a week to make what used to take me like sometimes 24.
0: I know. And I was just talking to you before we started recording about how I, tr- I tried out a topless club for a night, mm-hmm. and um, making $80 at, like, a more, I guess, nude or hardcore strip club took way more work than at the current club that we worked at together and I still work at. Like, I can make $80, like, it's nothing. Like, it's yeah. fucking, like, it takes me a couple minutes to make 80 there. Yeah. I, basically,
1: I, there's a lot of things that I'm really grateful for with my steady employment, but yeah. there is, like there's definitely a little bit of that leaving the club on a bad night feeling pretty much every single day. Not because <laughs> oh, my, so I know, I know. That is the worst it's not, feeling. it's not because I have a bad job. Like I have a good job, Maybe but I'm going home with that amount that when I would go home from Cheetahs, I'd be like, Oh that's that's not very good yeah so,
0: <laughs> we really take the money thing for granted
1: definitely Morganer. definitely like that's not that's not the kind of money that I would normally pat myself on the back for if I was leaving my job in my previous life.
0: So what made you you're kind of retired from dancing now?
1: Yeah, kind of sorta not really
0: well what's it's it's like you a way? Michael
1: Jordan retirement <laughs> I think it'll probably. <laughs>
0: With with stripping <laughs> with the strip club industry, it's like the Twilight Zone. You try to leave and then you open your eyes and you're back oh, again. Yeah. Like-
1: they it's it's like a classic horror movie, like mm. they always come back. Like it's yep. it you see it all the time. So I I don't know if I'm completely retired or not. I would love to be dancing again at some point. But uh for me, I didn't leave dancing because I necessarily wanted to be done with it. I didn't leave because someone else wanted me to be done with it. I left because I was kind of having back-to-back career-ending
0: injuries. Yep. So and that's yeah.
1: The, the shitty part
0: is, is like when you go into the strip industry, people love to hold things over your head. Like they always would tell me, oh, you know, you'll lose your looks one day. You know, your body's gonna give out. Can't on you can't do this forever. Exactly. Like you have a shelf life. Is literally what one guy said to me. Um, but so it's kind of like frustrating when those fears are validated. But at the same time, you know, we know girls dancing well under their 40s and oh, yeah. making a lot of money doing oh, yeah. it.
1: I, uh, I started my dancing career at a club called The Sands in Ballard in Seattle, Washington. And one of the dancers there is an amazing woman named Simone. I hope she's still dancing because she was incredible. She was an amazing
0: hustler. Absolutely beautiful. Still working you know and the girls who've been there longer have these way more devoted regulars who yes who come like every given like whatever day of the week it is and spend x amount of money which definitely rent
1: oh yeah like i started dancing when i was 26 years old and so you would think you know all fit young ha ha ha, great whatever (laughs) simone saved my ass so many nights So many nights. How so? She would just be like, come here. Come on. You see Mm -hmm. that guy? That guy? That's my friend. We're going to get him. Oh, my (laughs) God. Next thing I know, I've been in the (laughs) VIP doing pretty much nothing but giggling with Simone. And this guy has given us $800 to split. Wow.
0: Like, shit like that Mm. all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, this is amazing. Yeah. And (laughs) I have a girlfriend who is, like, in her late 30s. And she dances occasionally. Um, she used to be doing it a lot in her twenties. She's like, my one big regret was that I didn't put more money away. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started, I was very strict about like putting half of what I made away, but you do start to take the money for granted and I'll spend looser, you know, like you're like, Oh, I want those over a thousand dollar boots. Yeah. I'll just treat myself because I <laughs> work so hard for them or this other justification, which is, ugh. I have to deal with people judging me. So I'm going to just <laughs> give myself gifts, which is like so ridiculous. It's like, no, I need to save this money. See, I my kind of always.
1: Yeah, I always sort of stayed, I guess, my father's daughter in that respect. Like I even towards the very end of dancing where I so often would have to go home halfway through the night with only $100 or something. I still always put away half of everything. That's so, amazing. <laughs> I started that way. I don't necessarily regret not saving more like pretty much everything that i spent significantly on was either a necessity or something that i could still i think go back and justify spending the money on yeah my regret is more that i didn't do more with my free time and my freedom that i had when i was dancing that's a
0: huge part of it people wonder like how much i dance or how what that gives to me it's or what that you know provides for me and I'm like I dance three nights of the week so that's 18 hours and of course I make sure I hustle extremely hard the whole time yeah no you don't sit still no because <laughs> like, I well when I started there I'm like I don't know I've I've I did I wasn't comfortable yet so I'm like let me just make the most of this but still when I you like,
1: started I was busy making you uncomfortable
0: yeah <laughs> True. So backstory. um, When I started at Cheetahs, which was just over two years ago, um, definitely was still in my addictions, drinking, you know, doing drugs and having sex. And it sounds a lot more fun than it actually was because it was (laughs) not fun for the last year or so. Yeah, I was definitely like burning bridges, like being and being a sloppy baby stripper is the worst (laughs) because... Now that I've been around a while, what you want out of a baby stripper and if you're listening and interested in dancing, the biggest advice I'd give is keep your head down. Don't talk to anyone unless spoken to. Don't over hustle. <laughs> like just you kind of basically don't do, do, do anything that you
1: did. Yeah. Like those <laughs> first two weeks were insane. Like I stopped. I'm being mean, okay? I'm going to be mean for a second. It's I stopped okay. wearing white in the strip club because your very first night, you spilled red wine all over me. And that was the last oh time I wore white my in the club. Oh,
0: my God. I thought I just spilled it on the lady sitting next to you. No, it went,
1: like, all over me. Like, Are my thong can- looked like I had had a different kind of accident.
0: I'm so sorry. I literally... I was, yeah, I was drunk. I thought it was the lady sitting next to you, who you were trying. To, it was like a woman's, like, she's older and it was her first night at a club yeah. just as a patron and you were trying to make her feel comfortable and my drunk ass spilled her wine all over <laughs> her on the stage. Like, you know, but the reason I can laugh about it now is like, oh, I feel like a totally different person and sobriety's given me well, that. Plus,
1: I, I know I definitely had a big moment because for you and I, like, with our relationship, I held that grudge for a minute. Not because of just a glass of wine. I swear that's not. I didn't. Even, I'm <laughs> There so was more sorry. than that. I, didn't, I literally didn't even know. Wine. But like I held on to that for a while. But of course, because I am a social media obsessive, I started following your social media and such. And I got to see the actual... Like growth, growth and, and process and, and recovery and what have you. And I remember it was this huge eye-opener for me because I have repeatedly in my life managed to be totally ignorant of people's struggles with alcohol or substances or what have you. I'm really good at that just going right over my head. Well, you know what? So before it was it was I got sober, me, I,
0: didn't, I didn't know. And it was just like the same stigma and grudge I had even against stripping before I got into it. Um, I, you have against addicts cause in the media, you don't, you don't learn what alcoholism and addiction is about, which mm-hmm. it's a disease of the mind and, a, and of the body as well. There's like a craving there, but it's also like a mental obsession. And you know, I've been in recovery for over two years, so I've learned a lot about it. Um, but the average Joe isn't educated on any of this. And you saw like, it's like, I literally had like a, I've had a personal transformation like inside and out. And it's been due to a lot of mental health Work in the recovery world as well as therapy and a lot of other components, but it's like I'm a different fucking person. Just like I know people that used to be homeless crack addicts who were prostituting or whatever, what have you. Men and I'm nodding
1: as if you guys can hear me. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) yes, she's nodding. She's agreeing. (laughs) Um, but the the people I I know them in their forties and fifties, and they're like, yeah, that was twenty years ago, and they have like big Hollywood jobs, so so it's like they're different people too and we're not educated on that that like alcoholism and addiction like is a disease of the mind and it just it fogs up who the person is their intellect their their social ability definitely
1: and I don't I don't remember how much older than you I am I'm, I'm 28 now okay so I'm 33 I'm about to be 34 in October so For me, like, when baby strippers would come into the club, by the Mm. time you came in as a brand new dancer, I had already been dancing for several years. So the general attitude is baby strippers come in, they just Mm. fuck up the whole order, literally and figuratively. It's a big mess. Everyone kind of looks around like, all right, Mm. so who's going to be the one to either Mm." take this person (laughs) under their wing or just be an absolute raving cunt to this poor girl? Like, it's going to be one or the other and... We'll see what happens. Because it's
0: up to us to police each other. That's, exactly. who, like, that's how it works.
1: Now, I think more so than ever, like you would be able to find the baby stripper manual online. Like That finally does probably exist out there. But before
0: I danced, I was reading stripper forums trying to figure it out, and there wasn't that much to offer. Now, yeah. I mean, like Jack the Stripper, and there's so many social media girls that are sex workers— and making a lot of information about it accessible. Oh, definitely. But even two and a half years ago, it, it was still, I couldn't find oh, yeah. much.
1: I was looking. And even if girls did come in thinking they were educated, they usually came in with people telling them, like, oh, the old girls are going to be so mean to you. You got to treat mm. it like a prison yard. Like, you got to yeah. make sure, like, you get on top immediately. <sighs> and that's just the worst thing you could I- possibly do agreed i because now
0: i'm like the jaded stripper who like gets annoyed (laughs) with baby strippers i'm the exact opposite of which is i'm trying to be less hypocritical and trying to be less judgmental but it's hard because you're right i was talking to a girlfriend about this who doesn't even work in the strip industry, but I was telling her how annoyed I was because these three baby strippers started earlier this year, and we all hated them. They were friends before, and they were hired together. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to my girlfriend, who doesn't work in the industry, and she's done a lot of reading about, like, it's like an animalistic order. So if you introduce, like, one animal into a new, like, into a group of existing like you said it throws off the order like people have to find their new place and establish alpha and it's just like it's an animalistic thing that we humans as well do but these three girls were hired at the same time so it created chaos yeah and it's not like versus them right yeah and it wasn't like they were mean or even dirty it was like dirty dancing i i should explain uh Um, yeah giving dirty (laughs) dances because it's high mileage yeah, like it, it messes up the rules when the girls have to compete with different levels of things. Um, but it created chaos for, and I, I kind of feel bad for those girls because now I actually like them, but none, none of them work there anymore. They were there for almost a year, a couple of them. But I think the animosity from the girls, who are generally really nice people, like, it was bottom line, you much. can
1: be a super nice person, but when something starts to threaten your livelihood and your comfort in the place where you have to spend a lot of time putting a lot of emotional like work out there. Yeah, it's
0: mental energy. You,
1: Yeah, that emotional labor is huge. huge. So if someone comes in that makes your space uncomfortable and unprofitable, it's just the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, I felt bad because I'm like, oh, I need to... I felt like it's my own hypocrisy since I started as the baby stripper and, you know, I was like, why are these girls mean to me? But then it's like, I shouldn't be mean. But then they all started together and it threw off the whole thing. Yeah. And they're really sweet girls and they were super fucking young. They just didn't understand. I think they were like Bottom
1: line, they didn't stick around, though. And at, so... it, they only
0: lasted like between the three of them like six months to not quite yeah. a year because I think no matter how nice they were to everyone – their three being hired together. Just like it basically put like a nuke in the whole mm-hmm. the whole lineup of girls. Um Yeah. So it was it's a weird dynamic in the strip club. What do you <laughs> miss about
1: it? Oh, my gosh. I miss my stage. Yeah. You're like a killer stage like, performer. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um r- Regardless of how good I was or wasn't, I absolutely love being on that stage. I miss it terribly. It is ridiculous. I am a hilarious mess. Smack My Bitch Up comes up on my Spotify, and I cry. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> I was will your song, that you is had, like, a song. Yeah, my song. Yeah, but that was always my song. Like, from Seattle on through, like, my whole career, like, that's my song. It would
0: always turn up to that song, I remember. <laughs> like, it can be, it's just such an addictive thing. Like, when I went, I just got back from Europe for three weeks, I was craving dancing. First of all, I like to dance. Um, secondly, I was just missing like a whole room of people looking at me like I was the star. It's There's like
1: <laughs> nothing else like it. There really isn't.
0: Even stand up comedy isn't as good because stand up you bomb, and so not everyone, you know, looks at you like the star. But in dancing, you're pretty much always the star.
1: Yeah, it's it's really something. You're basically running an entire crowd of people by being this awesome, sexual, athletic performer. There is... There's just nothing else like it. I don't know (laughs) how else to say it.
0: Even, like, ever since I started, I was so fixated with how beautiful all of you and the other girls looked, um, like, sexually on stage. I'd never seen girls be so overt with their sexuality and own it. What do you think about that aspect of it?
1: I absolutely love it. I'm definitely... I know that depending on your situation, how and why you come into sex work and what have you and where you're doing it and what's going on, it does vary. But I personally found the performance aspect so intensely empowering, especially because there are just... So few places where it's safe to be a female and yes. be overly sexual in any way.
0: I've never I, seen women, like, grab their own breasts yeah. and ass and really look like they enjoyed it. Because we that, do enjoy it. To just
1: it. Put, channel that sexual energy into mm. this performance, it's so amazing. And to not have to keep it behind closed doors, it's wonderful. Whereas, go to a nightclub and I could be... Dressed like a goddamn homeless person, and I'm probably still going to get my ass grabbed. Yeah, if I could go to Cheetahs, and true. if someone grabs my ass, I can throw a goddamn fit about it. Absolutely, hand the bouncer five dollars mm-hmm. and be like, "Kick that motherfucker out."
0: Yeah, we we set the boundaries <laughs> there. It's extremely empowering. I was actually, it was interesting. I was talking to a customer the other day, super smart about. Um, the sexual dynamic between men and women, and why a lot of the times I've heard so many guys be like, Oh, stripping's not empowering, or that they describe going to the strip club like, Oh, it's such a sad thing. It shouldn't even be legal. Or, they're, oh, Yes,
1: please decide this for me. Save me, yeah, Captain Savo. Or, or they're like,
0: Exa- <laughs> Exactly. Oh, Captain Savo is the best. Um, but there's a dynamic that exists, and it's actually just very primal that when a man, I also read a poem about it. I don't know. It's really interesting. <laughs> a man like, like it puts a seed into a woman has sex with her and comes inside of her. Like a man is like letting go of his power into the woman and the woman is internalizing this power. And I absolutely feel that way. And after a sex, a man feels drained, whereas a woman feels kind of filled. And I've done a little bit and I've read a little bit about that. And I was talking to a customer about that and it just made a lot of sense to me. So in the real, real world, I'll say in the normie world, guys kind of run the show. It's a man's world, Mm -hmm. but in the strip club, they look up to us like goddesses and they're weakened by it and it makes them scared and sad. And you don't know how many, well, you do know how many customers have expressed that to me. Like, oh, yes. They're like, oh, this is so, this is hard or I should go or... But it's the appeal to so many of these men, too,
1: to be yeah. able to come in and have everything flipped upside down. Yep. And suddenly they don't have to worry about approaching us. We get to come after you. And they're the nervous you ones. You get to be the blood in the water. I am the shark, motherfucker. Hold it's still. So
0: fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It's the only place I've felt that way. Definitely, and I I
1: do miss it. I don't get me wrong. There are a lot of really really tough things about stripping, as I mentioned before. The emotional labor can be. What do you so What do you intense. not miss about stripping? I definitely. So the the night when I decided that I I needed to definitely get out and get out as soon as possible, I had gone up on stage. And my knee almost dislocated oh. on stage for a second time. And again, like the first time when it did completely go out on me, the second time, once again, I had men's eyes on me and I had not a single dollar on my stage. Uh. So it was still like, I think it was before midnight. So in all fairness, part of that is just the nature of the beast. Yeah, we going to make money later. Yeah, but there... It was just so intensely heartbreaking for me to be up there putting in all that effort Mm -hmm. and have my knee go out, even though it was like fucking taped up and you've seen my knee pads Mm -hmm. and shit. So it was just so upsetting. And there is when you're a weirdo like me and you really care about it, even though, you know, some people say, oh, it's just stripping, like just hustle and make money. I was never able to think of it that way. Which yeah, is you're, both good and bad. You're
0: the rare form that does stage blowout performances as well as floor hustling, and a lot of the time, girls are either or: they hustle the guys really hard for cash and lap dances, or they kind of are straight out the pole studio and they're amazing performers and contortionists. But you managed to do both. Um, yeah, that's. I just felt like that's very rare and like very cool. Thank you.
1: I just. I had a bit of a different attitude towards it. And I I don't recommend my attitude necessarily. It's not always a big moneymaker. So (laughs) because while I was really sometimes really good at the hustle, bottom line is if whatever was going in the club wasn't serving my ego or my own comfort, I wasn't there for it. I have walked away from insane amounts of money simply for the giddy pleasure of this guy not getting what he wanted. Yeah, (laughs) so much money, and I'm not even talking about extras. I'm even talking about someone sometimes uh, uh, by illegal services. Basically, is what I mean by extras. Uh, I have walked away from men and be like, no, 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 I'll pay you to sit and talk to me. No, no. If it satisfies my ego more Mm -hmm. to tell you to fuck off. That's what I would do. If a guy
0: disrespects me in any way, it's very easy to walk away from the money because I don't feel like I was put on this earth to be demeaned and demoralized. And like, usually, I've b- become really good at like flipping it on them if they try to. Oh me. man, that's I, the
1: best. Sometimes it's
0: it is. It's like you know we've we been talk yelling about at it's... a guy
1: on stage. Sometimes you be like, yeah. all right, <laughs> so show me, drop trowel. What's so impressive? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's so yeah, good? Yeah. And I've I've had those guys probably about two-thirds of the time, end up buying dances.
0: Yeah, because so. <laughs> they're, like, put back in their little place. Dude, guys love being talked I think, like, some weird part of them, it's, like, the mommy thing. They, like, being put in their little place.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of
0: crazy sexual <laughs> dynamics. Um, So what got you started in dancing?
1: Sure. So what had happened at the time when I was 26 years old I had just gotten out of back-to-back severely fucked up mostly emotionally abusive relationships oh, uh, somewhat physically so but I think I mean so many people have these stories men and women yep. women especially just about everybody's got at least that one relationship we're just like oh How did I let myself do that? But
0: it's crazy (laughs) because I do know women, some of the strongest women and women in comedy that I've ever met who, you know, you wouldn't think have been in abusive relationships and, and have been beat up, but they have. And my own mother has. And I think that's also another misconception that strong women can't be in exactly abusive relationships. It doesn't matter who you are. You can fall in love with someone who is the strongest person,
1: you know, can still be emotionally weak when they open their heart up. Yep. Bottom line. So I had left my husband that I was briefly married to. Like we were living in Japan. So I had to come back to Washington state. I was living on my mom's couch And there was this guy back home that my mother was kind of like, oh, he's great. He's perfect. Whatever. So I guess I let down my walls and it's like, oh, he'll be totally safe. This person will take care of me. Had a relationship. This guy lied about everything. It was so manipulative. It was crazy. So, and both of these guys took me for a total financial ride, too, of course, as Fuck. they so often do. So I was living with my parents. I was having such a hard time finding work. The one really good thing that came out of the first abusive relationship, that was the the marriage, was I learned a lot about um, some uh, anarchist kind of leanings and feelings and super left stuff which left me kind of extra sour about the idea of going right back to a desk job. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, I saw that ad that pretty much I think most women come across at some point. Like, and there's think, an ad? Hmm. Wait, what? Where's like, like, dancers wanted, no experience necessary, willing to train. And blah, I feel blah, like 26
0: blah. is that perfect age, because I was 26 when I started.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful I didn't start earlier.
0: Me too, and I've heard a lot of <laughs> horror stories about from girls who started young, because I didn't know... My I was not even acquainted with my own sexuality until my mid-20s. And let alone be comfortable with my body. You know, girls, we have a lot of self-hate toward our bodies. We're raised to. Definitely. So 26 was the age where I was finally just getting in my own skin about things.
1: Yeah, same here. I feel like it happened to be a bit of a sweet spot. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't think I care what people think.
0: Exactly. And I think this would be
1: really cool. Like, I was in the process of trying to dabble into burlesque. Partially because I had friends that were into that. Partially because I knew my ex-husband would absolutely flip if he knew I was doing that. How come was he controlling? He was extremely controlling. Oh, that's horrible. So I can never... he was cheating like crazy. And so my sexuality was under lock and key at wow. all times. It's
0: always the cheater so, that's like that.
1: Always. Yeah. Always.
0: Because they're doing it and they're projecting it onto yes. you. That's yes, awful.
1: Definitely. So I, I guess, turned the tables in a big way and went to this club called The Sands in Seattle and auditioned and the boss, who was a woman, which really shocked me. (laughs) I heard in the
0: north, well, being from Portland, I've heard up in Portland that a lot of the clubs are female owned. Well, Portland
1: and Seattle are completely different beasts as far as exotic dancing goes. Completely different. Like
0: in what way? Like Seattle
1: is horrible and Portland is mecca. So Seattle, the laws are intensely restrictive. So all the clubs are full nude because the instant you have adult entertainment, no booze, no matter what. And basic, they even have a lewd eye contact law. So technically, if I was, we're sitting on couches across a table from each other right now. Technically, if I was on the stage at the Sands in Seattle and I'm looking at you from the stage while my clothes are removed, I am potentially set up for a ticket.
0: Wow, there were some angry Christians (laughs) going to bat on that one. Yeah, so
1: in a city where everything's illegal, it just really puts a huge damper on everything. Yeah, Oregon's like full
0: nude and very feminist. Yeah, Seattle is
1: very fraught with difficulty because it's based like, I'm not doing anything that I think is lewd or even remotely inappropriate, but according to the city of Seattle... I could be ticketed right now.
0: So how long did so, you dance up there, and did it yeah like, help I, you get
1: back on your feet? Definitely, it was a huge game changer for me because I was I was so beaten down. Like my ego was just crushed. Yeah, and then not being able to find another job afterwards, like that was also horrible. Like I have a degree, I have connections and what have mm, you. Me too. I could not get a flipping job. Yep. So it was it was huge for me I instantly fell in love with it I distinctly remember my audition I went up there wobbly like a fucking baby deer <laughs> baby in my deer. four inch yes. heels that were not meant <laughs> they for were a four stage inch. They were four inch heels I wore eight inch like heels now at least when I was dancing before I retired I wore eight inch fucking heels yeah. So I remember going from pole to pole as slowly as possible because that's what I'd been advised to do. <laughs> Lady Gaga's uh, paparazzi was playing. Oh, yes. That's when she was first. Yes. Oh, yeah, and it that was, was just, shit. I remember the instant the song was over, I was sad about it. And I was just like, oh, mm. this is so for me. Did you? This I remember I made, there was like
0: <laughs> two guys at the stage during my audition. So I was so nervous. And they threw a couple dollars. And I was so That little sprinkling of money on the stage, I was hook, line, and sinker for. I was like, you mean I can do the thing I love to do? (laughs) And people just throw money at you. Like, there's no feeling in the world like it. So
1: maybe that's part of my problem and where my attitude came from. Because when I auditioned and I fell in love with it, the club was absolutely empty, except for this whole row of the day shift girls just (laughs)
0: sitting there like... (gasps) That's so intimidating. Let's
1: get a load of this. That
0: happens every yeah, time. And both bar auditions. managers
1: just happen to be there. And these are old salts and what have you. And they're just <laughs> sitting behind the bar just like, they oh, love, man. Girl, so. we love to do that to
0: baby strippers <laughs> in their oh, audition. Oh, that's the highlight
1: of my nights when I was at Cheetah's. If there was a new audition, you better believe I was out there watching. Well, because
0: auditions. I want to see
1: something new.
0: There's going to be great. There is nothing like a strip club audition because I've seen the whole gambit from like weird to extremely talented to... They don't even touch the pole because they're too scared to even oh, I have go seen near some it. Weird shit. The man. weirdest, the craziest, the best, the worst in an audition. Like, it's always I've funny. seen girls that look like a fucking snake up there. What? It's like, what? Who told you that was attractive? Or girls that are, are coming that? from like <laughs> coming from like a club where they don't have poles, but they're just yeah, they're just moving really sexy and dead-eyed. And it's just like oh, you see God. everything. One time I saw a girl audition and she took off her belt and she put it on her neck and the pole and then just slid down by her neck
1: that is intense in an
0: audition that is so
1: intense and all then, right so
0: <laughs> so our NR club is also um a bikini bar it's not topless but some of the girls don't do their research before the audition oh yeah and they whip off their bra and then you just see the owner like running out no 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 yeah. no no, no. Yeah, that was always on so t- fun <laughs>
1: Just sit back and be, you know, cross my arms and look at them kind of squinty. And yeah. they probably think I'm judging them like a motherfucker. And really, I'm just trying to figure out what the over under is on them taking something off they shouldn't.
0: Yay, like, I'm yeah. totally
1: <laughs> judging them by that. Whether they came in knowing the rules or not, whether they do that show pony thing that I hate that baby dancers do. Oh, you
0: mean like the high knees? Yeah. Me and Elena were just talking about this insane. new girl doing that. Oh, it's so bad. I swear
1: to God, I, I have come a long way in my life in terms of being judgmental of people but there are some things that i just i'm i'm a fucking ancient stripper at this point like there are things that will always bother me point your damn toes
0: and don't Mm -hmm. walk like a show pony Uh, and and the show pony thing is like the high knee or just like a like a kick behind like they're kicking up the grass yeah it's just not it's not cute so we're gonna take a little break and we'll be right back with dixie All right, so we're back at Casey's – all right, so we're back to Casey's Freak Show podcast at Meltdown Comics. Check it out, 7522 Sunset Boulevard.
1: Seriously, come here and spend all your money.
0: Oh, yeah, because you're, like, (laughs) kind of huge into nerddom. Is that a word? I don't know.
1: Nerddom. Yeah, fuck yeah. Sure, that's a word. (laughs) It is now.
0: Who got you into this world? I know you like comic books and you're a big gamer. Yeah,
1: so I kind of – this might seem a little bit bizarre because I I'm sitting here covered in a pound of makeup and fake eyelashes and huge enhanced breasts and all this crap. <laughs> and so I'm giving
0: you're an girly girl. Yeah.
1: I'm giving girly girl realness here, but I spent most of my life being an incredibly awkward, devoted tomboy. I, I wonder about, my gender queerness potentially sometimes. Because when I was a kid, I would not wear girls' clothes. I insisted that everything come from the boys' section for a long time. I
0: was just talking to Malice about this after work the other yeah. night, how both of us had moms that dressed us poorly and cut off our, our hair. And so I actually didn't want to dress like a boy, but it was kind of thrust upon me. Oh. So I think it sort of made my boy-girl balance in my own like See, sexuality I- like, 50-50. Yeah.
1: For for me, my my parents just sort of let me run wild with these things. They didn't push me in one direction or another. I just self-identified with these things. I was horrified by Barbies. I wanted really? Ninja Turtles and Transformers and stuff. I loved Barbies, horrified. but I also loved
0: Ninja Turtles. So I think it's a 50 Yeah, 50/50 I split. loved
1: that stuff. So growing up, I just gravitated towards those things. And when I was younger, like, I'd say... 8 to 11 or so. It was okay with the boys that I joined in on all these things. I started playing Magic the Gathering. I had, you know, my pull box for my comics every
0: week. Like that was that was my thing. And then do you feel like the fantasy of it all was a bit of an escape cuz that's how I feel about my different fantasies? I think so. Definitely.
1: Like I just enjoyed the hell out of that stuff. You know, I my parents did introduce me to Star Wars and Star Trek. And uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and all that. So that was definitely big for me. But I got into all the other stuff. And for a long time, my male friends were super fine and supportive. And then it was like a switch flipped when I was around 12. And all of a sudden, I started getting hostility from a lot of the nerd boys. It was like, no. No, I'm one of you. I am also not getting laid. Like, it's yeah, fine. And, exactly. But that just didn't work out. And mm-hmm. so I kind of set most of it aside. I didn't play Sega much anymore. I didn't, there was no one for me to play Magic the Gathering with. Like, so I kind of set it aside a little bit. And isn't then. There a bit
0: of- sexism even in the nerd world too yeah well, especially I, I mean
1: this is this is pre-internet really because I'm yep. I'm old so <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's before the tumblr generation definitely which really yeah so I all... just
1: didn't I I found myself in this weird area where I liked you know dressing sexy being sexy all of a sudden once I discovered myself a little bit and that became very incompatible with mm-hmm. nerd world, as far as I knew it.
0: Yeah, guys. So, like I've never- I was
1: in a small, kind of a small town too. By the way, that deserves a little bit of a caveat. It's not like I was oh, in too. Seattle. I was an hour and a half north of Seattle. Yeah, surrounded I was in a small by town. Confederate flags yep. on pickup trucks. Me so, too. Yeah. in, in
0: Canby, Oregon. <laughs> it's a similar thing. It's outside of Portland, but it's like a redneck town confederate flag it was like like, in between
1: Everett and Bellingham so okay yeah
0: it's weird how up in the northwest there's so much of that confederate culture it's like what is that doing there but it is a thing it's out in the farmlands you know out in the boonies well I know too that you're into lifting and it's like you're into nerd world lifting stripping it's like (laughs) you're really a whole person and I that's I mean thank you but you're really exercising your wholeness which I love seeing thank
1: you yeah I absolutely love Lifting weights—it's something that I have left and come back to at many points in my life. So,
0: I was just talking to Alabama on the last show because um, she finds a lot of strength, well, gets strengthened by pole dancing, like physically strengthened. And I just love getting stronger. There's like nothing like it. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's so there's good. there's
1: absolutely nothing like hitting a PR on a squat or a deadlift. It's just. So flipping awesome. So
0: you feel like, I I feel like, yeah, you nurtured, like, that's why I keep talking the boy and girl and us all, because we're all everything. And I think a lot of people's parents might hinder that. And my own sexuality was really repressed by my parents. Um, so when I turned 18, I kind of went off the rails with it, and which led me to stripping even. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of was like, the boys didn't talk to me in school because I was weird and goofy and I'd do anything for a laugh. I was the class clown. And I noticed that guys have never hated me as much, though, as when I became hypersexual in my early 20s um, and, and like, wore a little clothing. And guys hated me in high school because I was just fucking weird and they made fun of me because they're like, you're a lesbian. I'm like, but I'm not. Oh, I'm my God. Scared. I got so much
1: of that when I was in high school. Really? And weird. back then it was not I found okay. out that there was a pool. Like, there was a bedding pool wow. on... Me being a lesbian.
0: <laughs> and we laugh about it now, but back then it was super Oh my God, I was horrified. And in I was those horrified. days, kids are, and probably to this day, kids were getting lynched for that kind of stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like it is today.
1: I, I distinctly remember I had a, a friend in high school eventually tell me and a girlfriend that he was gay and he mm-hmm. was so scared. And it mm-hmm. was just us two weirdo goth kids that yep. he was telling. And he was so scared. So the idea of, you know, realizing that I was walking around those halls with so many people thinking that I was a lesbian. I was like, yeah. am I, should I have been worried? That was kind <laughs> of. Was I in danger? Like,
0: yeah, I, I I felt like I was super judged and I never, it's just because I didn't know how to talk to boys. But, you know, they really fucking hated me when I became sexual and attractive. Um yeah, so speaking of, of men, you've been married now to an awesome one for a couple years. I've, yeah, it's I know been three that. years now. Congrats. That's so Thank rad. You. And I know you were saying he's younger than you. Yes. Which I love because my boyfriend is 33. I'm 33 five years and
1: younger. he's 27. So he's six oh, and a half years that's so younger cool. than me. cool.
0: I love hearing about that. I only know a few girls who are married <laughs> to significantly younger dudes because you hear. It's so often the reverse of that. Definitely. People judge me for dating a guy 5 years younger.
1: Yeah. I mean, most of my life I dated men that were, you know, 2 to 3 years older than me pretty consistently and then And that's kind of sort well, of that's
0: accepted lit. by
1: people. Yeah, that's that's normal. That's whatever. That's fine. But yeah, it's been it's been very interesting. I was very <laughs> nervous about it at first cuz everybody was like, "No, don't don't do that." People You're being did that to dumb. me too. And- well, for me, my my friends were 100% totally valid in being that way. They had just watched me go through two absolute shit shows. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> but in a way, I think and I had a friend who um is similar, she's now married to a guy who's I think 5 years younger than her. I think she is also your age. Um she came out of an abusive home or stepdad and then was dating younger guys I think it felt safer to her she's expressed to me okay maybe I don't know if that was how you felt
1: you know I don't know maybe someday I'll sit still long enough to get a therapist (laughs) and figure that out
0: but yeah I don't know
1: I know for me it just because of me and Bo it was very much an instant attraction sort of thing I I saw his profile picture come up on a thread that I was on on Facebook and was no, instant- way. no literally on this is Facebook? how this happened on Facebook because his cousin was my like best friend at the time and they had just started living in the same apartment together and so all of a sudden this cute guy pops up on my friend's thread that I'm on I'm like who is this <laughs> they click over and like oh he's super cute and then I figured out who he was it's like. Oh, that's Micah's younger cousin. Oh shit. No, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. This is bad. <laughs> so I avoided going over to my friend Micah's apartment for forever. Yep. As I just knew, I was like, he's
0: younger oh, and he's hot. And you're like, "Why?" it's not, not good. I felt that way about my boyfriend too. Cause I'd always see him around. Like we have mutual friends. I'd see him across the room. Mm-hmm. I stalked him online. I don't know if you know that, <laughs> but I never like added him. I just like saw him around and I was like, People were like, I would tell mutual friends, like, he's so hot, hoping it'd get back to him. <laughs> like I love like, it. like grade school. I'm like, he's really cute. <laughs> wink wink, like please tell him for me. Oh man. Um, but I they're like, Casey, he's a kid. You know, he's so much younger <laughs> than you. And I'm like, Oops, because I have always been attracted to younger guys. It's just my thing. Um, I think Malice is too actually. She's very vocal yes, about that.
1: Malice is the queen of the pedo bears. I just
0: <laughs> I love it. What? I've never heard that word before. Oh,
1: pedo bear. That's beautiful. Yeah, you got to spend more time on the internet. You ever, not that I've been on B before or anything. What nerds will, that? nerds will get it. Okay, I it's don't a four chan thing. Um, yeah, with Bo, it was ridiculous. The when I did finally go over there and I actually met him for the first time, like, it was fuck. over. It Were was you like, like fuck. Yeah, pretty much. Like it just—it was over. He walked in the door, and it was over. Like I left my phone there so that I had an excuse to go back the next day. <laughs> and anyone that knows me, like I'm a social media pro, but also I'm just obsessed with my phone. It's like an extra limb. I left it there overnight
0: wow. <laughs> to so you have be an able to, to go, go back. back. Shut up. Yeah. So you guys are married now yes. and were you stripping when you guys met
1: so by the time we met i had been dancing for i think 3 months i want oh, to say oh it was new so it was new and Real it new. just so happened that at the time he was working at a convenience store in downtown seattle which was one block away from the downtown vue so he his life was kind of already inundated with strippers by the time the i met Ville. him yeah uh, so, cause he, he knew the managers there, all the girls always came into his shop to buy so cigarettes. So he had
0: humanized strippers enough because like so yeah. many guys don't know women who are open. I mean, everyone knows a stripper. We just have to unfortunately come out of the closet about it for people yeah. to realize it. Yes. Cause we all know yes. a bunch of strippers when people aren't, yes. you know, but Without humanizing it, guys have so many misconceptions and fears that Definitely. Like, you're out going to cheat on me with these customers or, or even the job itself is cheating to yeah. some guys.
1: But for him, his first introduction to it really was meeting these girls coming yep. in before or after their shift, either being like, oh, man to deal with these grab asses blah, blah, or what have you so he got and to see then see them as people yeah i got to see them as Amazing. people and then he would go in and get lap dances every once in a while cuz the owner of the store would sometimes be like hey let's go to the boo it'll be fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: plus everyone always loves embarrassing my husband it's a hobby for people that know him <laughs> really? so of course people want to try and make him blush all the especially time.
0: the younger guys like there's nothing oh, funner yeah. than giving oh, a little 21 year old boy his first lap dance he is scared out of I, oh, I have
1: morned. ruined so many 18 year olds <laughs> in Seattle man that was so much fun
0: scarring that. so yeah it's so much fun
1: yeah but our actual what we consider our first date and when we actually started dating was actually a party that happened at his apartment apartment where there was a uh, clubs like to do what they have call have feature dancers often so a porn star will come through in town and dance at the deja vu right. or the spearmint rhino or whatever so It'll they pull in a crowd yeah exactly so they had a feature dancer in town so the feature dancer and a bunch of the dancers and the managers and what have you all came over to Bo's apartment for after party hangouts and that was our first date like it was hilarious That's such and a cute awesome scenario. yeah there's a bunch of us dancers like trying on other people's clothes and shit in the living room how does he like, feel
0: how did he feel about you dancing because I know you guys got married while you were still dancing yeah. Cheetahs. yeah what are his thoughts on it like not and it sucks to ask that like it's like <laughs> oh does he understand because people ask me that and people give my boyfriend so much shit about dating oh, me oh my god like, in the as a stripper yes like, in oh, the club you're dating a it was stripper. amazing
1: it's like your man lets you do this yeah how does your man feel about you doing this? People are Uh, so yeah. All the time. Uh no, for him, uh, it's always just been a job. Like he he gets upset about it when I get upset about it, and when I'm happy about it, he's happy about it. Uh the only times I've ever seen him get jealous about it is there was one time that a customer bought me something. Mm-hmm. And it was at a time when uh, Bo was in between gigs because he was transitioning over into the industry he actually wanted to be in. So he got real upset at that point, not because someone had bought something for me, but because he wasn't in a place to buy it for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: it is like a weird then it man thing. Yeah, because I've talked to other girls, even on this podcast yeah. about that, how men have a certain level of pressure on them that they see their manhood in how much they can provide for a Definitely. woman. And I never I never realized that before. I really didn't know that that was yeah. such a big thing to them. But I think one time I did bring home macarons that a customer had gotten for me. And I told Eric, because I don't like secrets. Not that it's a secret. I just don't like having feeling like I'm hiding anything, yeah. right? And I don't have any regulars who I talk to outside of work or anything like that. But I think that did make him uncomfortable. But he's very good about not um, acting on his discomfort and just good. like... Just knowing that it's his own pride, and it's like same with me when I get weird or jealous because I'm a human. Yeah, I get to go in my own head and realize it's my own pride and my own fear. But it's it's hard. I'm sure it's hard. Like I I don't really have any regulars or, but it, you know, a guy bought me macarons. And yeah, he, you know,
1: like for me, I definitely I made a point of really rubbing the whole stripper thing in Bo's face when we first started dating for like yeah. the first year. Yeah, like. I would talk in detail about things. I would have him come pick me up from work, and sometimes he would show up right as I had just happened to snag myself a customer. And sometimes he would be sitting at the bar having a juice with the bar manager while I was on stage, getting naked in front of people and then going and sitting down and flirting with some guy and taking <laughs> him into the VIP. Well, because like, you were coming out of that.
0: such a controlling relationship. You wanted to be sure that. that yeah, was not
1: I wanted to be to. sure. And plus, Same. like, yeah. I think like most people, I have some mixed feelings about Dan Savage. He's a very well-known relationship columnist and what have you. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think he's really right about is your deal breakers are your friend so no I really took that to heart and I'm glad I did because previous relationships I was always compromising things and
0: you know what I've noticed in the club and like you know I mentioned those three baby strippers who started at the same time yes one of them got a boyfriend she met at work okay that happens sometimes that's cool um but she's and she made a shit ton of money just because she like honestly she's not like that cute but like she had this very (laughs) innocent thing that people adored she's very young looking very she couldn't really dance but she smiled a lot she made bank dude as a baby stripper but then she got this boyfriend and see her less and less until you didn't see her at all and I I asked a mutual friend of ours is she just like being held back by her boyfriend he's like no I think she's stronger than that but granted I think she's like 23 years old and I'm pretty sure, I'm sure he's thinking, this is, and these are all just well, assumptions Well, girls do I've that made. to
1: themselves, too. Like, just as much as men in relationships with dancers will try and reel that whole thing in and get it under their control, okay. often girls will just get scared that the guy's going to change his mind That's or true. what That's true. Ha- I have those fears, too, so, but
0: I'm like, I've always made a precedent. Like, I will not change these sort of pillars of who I am, and dance is a really big thing for me, and it's a really big it's just a lot of like fulfillment and empowerment yeah. for me. Um, I let loved alone that income. job. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like as scared as I get, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking quit for, you know, I even mm-hmm. just told him that I'm probably going to be working a nude event soon for some extra cash. And he's like, that's fine. As long as no one's touching you. That's all I care about. And I'm like, same. Like, I don't want to be touched. So that's an agreement we have made. I have these boundaries set. Um, so So important by the way baby strippers out there yeah
1: when you start (laughs) that's my big point of advice set your boundaries immediately and stick to them I have never regretted being consistent about Mm -hmm. my boundaries from day one that was advice Mm -hmm. I got at the sands from some random dancer that had been at it for a while my first day
0: like, every time I take a guy into the back room, I immediately, almost like a sexy school teacher, I take his hands and I place them down on the couch by his side. And I go, no touching. And generally, it always works. It So when the girls complain, you know, oh, but they try to touch me, that almost always works. It's about having a sternness but, like, a sexiness at the same time. because Definitely. and But when you're new, you don't. At least I didn't know how to set boundaries in my own personal life. Oh, definitely. But and I you don't understand to. the
1: value of your time and your service yet, too. Yeah,
0: how exactly. They're so, lucky to be yes. hanging out with you. Yes. And it's like we're beautiful. And at our club, we're extremely pretty yeah. girls. So, you know, they are very lucky. Um, so I want to ask you what I asked all my guests, which okay. is what does being free mean to you? Ooh. It's a big question. Damn. Getting all head explody over here.
1: <laughs> what does it? What does being free mean? Gosh,
0: you can, you can be drawing you can a, a blank. I know I went to it's
1: college and everything. I should know how to define a word that small.
0: It's just because I, you know, I like to think of everyone I have on my show as free in some way. You know, from sex workers to so- sober people. You know, I feel like a lot of people I've met and surround myself with have an element of freedom, and I think they all go in different directions with it
1: you know i think i think it means being able to make mistakes because i find when when my life feels constricting or restrictive it's usually the fact that i don't i don't have the luxury of failure at that time so i think uh I think that's how I would define that because I think being willing and able to fail is how you make progress and how you get where you want to go. Oh
0: my God. Yes. I'm just like, I'm like nodding from the heart (laughs) right now. Um, I think fail hard and
1: fail often. I
0: think that's what uh, stand up comedy taught me. I don't do it as much now, but I was doing it a lot for a couple of years. And you have to fail way more than you succeed but you slowly fail less and less and less and Definitely. it's just like that's how you get good at stand-up yeah, you I'm fail all the failing
1: time. hard all the time man. <laughs> like
0: but just getting
1: know. out of dancing has been the most difficult like heart-wrenching thing and it's been so
0: hard how long has it been since you were dancing I know you've oh, been shifting I into- think
1: I think I stopped dancing completely last May So, and so I stopped dancing completely in May. I did not get employed until Thanksgiving. So, that was that was tough. That was super tough. And once I finally did, it's like I got a production assistant gig. Like, it's not, yeah. So, it's been I don't know where where I
0: would work if I stopped dancing. I've thought about (laughs) it a lot, but I'm like. God, I hate answering to people. And now I have all these obscene tattoos. How am I supposed to get employment?
1: (laughs) I know. I've got, I always call them my job stoppers. I have tattoos across my knuckles and on my hand and what have you.
0: But so, we live in a different world now, which is rad. Thank goodness. Ooh, another thing before we finish off, um, I just wanted to mention something you talked about earlier, which is plastic surgery. And I know yes. you've been vocal about it, which I love. And I love hearing so many strippers be vocal about having definitely. Botox or having work done. Because that's another thing that people frown upon for some reason. Mm, I, definitely. I, I don't know why. So what do you? <laughs> how do you feel about plastic surgery?
1: Uh, to me, it's just sort of an little bit more invasive form of body modification really so I have always endeavored to make my outside match my insides in whatever way I can my hair has been almost every single color possible I'm working on it I'll get there uh and I just I feel the need to be I guess authentic to myself in that way and comfortable with myself in that way So for me, a lot of it is I want the canvas I'm working with to be the right size, the right shape for what I want to do with it. Uh, I have had plastic surgery. I've had um, a breast lift and implants. I have 700 cc's. Thank you, Dr. Mannis. They're Vianis. amazing. It's funny because, like, <laughs> for the
0: longest time, I thought your boobs were real because they're just so nice and round. I, and, like,
1: I do love bragging that I've done lap dances for actual porn stars, male and female, who have assumed that my breasts were real. Like
0: big naturals. So they're amazing. I,
1: thank you. I'm really, really pleased with them. Uh, you get what you pay for. Um yeah, so I've done that. I've done some liposuction on my thighs and on my stomach. I was doing Botox for quite a while. I miss it. I absolutely died when you God, made that joke some. on Facebook <laughs> about bangs being cheaper than Botox. Yeah, that's I... <laughs> exactly the strategy I am doing currently. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I love plastic surgery. I do think it's very important for people to realize, though, that it's not it's not like getting your nose pierced and then you can just take it out later. So, because people do, people get bad plastic surgery. People have bad reactions to plastic surgery. And
0: yeah, Kathy Griffin actually wrote about that in her book because she was getting an exor- inordinate amount of plastic surgery for a while, and actually, like, almost died from like problems that yeah uh, the, from the surgery itself. Definitely,
1: it's it's something that people it's don't surgery. Yeah, people don't want to talk about that part. But I, the vast majority of people that I know that have gotten breast implants have gotten them redone within the first couple of years.
0: Oh, really? Oh,
1: yeah. So many people. And I actually now I know people uh, like my friend Sarah that have actually had like actual like autoimmune reactions to their implants. And it is not easy to just take them out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's well, a whole I think, process you know so I, people need to be aware
0: i think if it's plastic- like buying
1: a bmw right if you don't have the money to pay for bmw maintenance mm. you should, probably shouldn't buy the bmw yeah. so <laughs> yeah. if you get plastic surgery just be prepared like if something goes wrong something goes wrong and that's on you like
0: yeah it's a big investment and it's a real actual surgery but i also i think if it makes you feel more comfortable in your skin I'm all for it. It's kind of like how I feel about tattooing. You know, people always question my tattoos or have comments oh, yeah. to say about them. But to me, it's the same thing you said. It makes my it makes me feel like I feel on the inside. Like I'm weird and I'm bright and I'm different oh, and I'm emotional and I think my tattoos – Show that to the outside world. And so, you know, you know. I think people have this thing where they're like, you need to explain the meaning behind every one of your oh, tattoos whatever. to me. And it's like, why don't you look at me as a whole and say, that girl's different. That girl wants to be different. And that's who she is. Oh,
1: definitely. You know,
0: each tattoo doesn't have an exact meaning. And the, the meanings change over time, actually. Yeah. Um, but this they, is all very true. But I feel like I wouldn't be myself if I walked around the world with plain skin. That's just not how I would yeah. feel like me, Casey, you know? I would just feel like an imposter. I agree.
1: And Um, like, for me, I was always large-breasted. So really, honestly, I just... Didn't want to not be so.
0: (laughs) They look great. Thank Um, you. So, where can people find you online? Are you still doing camming? Um, Sure. Uh, Web
1: camming. I I do it here and there. Um, at the moment with my work schedule being so nuts, I'm also down one computer. So, uh, I guarantee it'll happen. I just don't know when. Uh, but you can always follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm generally the most active. It's at Josie the Fiend. I'm cool. also on Snapchat rarely. Mostly, I use Snapchat for selling naked pictures like you're not supposed to. Oh, so, that's a thing.
0: I've, I've never had yeah, Snapchat, so. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a thing that I do. Um, but yeah, uh, Instagram's a good place to find me. And also, there's my YouTube channel, which is also Josie the Fiend.
0: That's right. You have great videos. Yeah, and this you can watch awesome me talk. fail
1: my ass off at <laughs> Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> because you're on
0: twitch too right
1: yeah i do go on twitch here and there i was i went there and people got to watch me get horrendously lost on borderlands the pre-sequel yesterday
0: dude i know, i'm like really not into the gaming world at all but so many people i know oh, are best, i feel like i'm like i just have little tastes best. of it here and there
1: but oh, i fucking love video games even well, though I'm horrible at them.
0: You guys need to follow her because she has such an array of different things going on. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Thanks for joining me. This was really Thanks good.
1: Thanks for having I me. It was really nice to uh, reminisce of Stripping Days Gone I By. I know.
0: But you'll come back. You'll oh, be I back. I sure
1: hope so. One yeah, of these do days. little guest night. I'll get sick of it and I'll tape the shit out of my knee and go dancing.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> and I want to thank my producer, Mason Booker. This has been another amazing episode of Casey's Freak Show. Bye. bye <laughs>